confess, as a femme bi girl, meeting women is so hard. I just want to eat some pussy, damn it. Me too, girl. Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bedpost Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation. Maybe even both. She's good at what she does. Here's her bio. Nikki Devon is a writer, dance instructor, all-around performer, and shenanigan starter. She is the co-producer of Austin's only person of color burlesque cabaret show. It's fucking hot. Um, Midnight Menagerie. And she's also the director of Fat Bottom Cabaret. See either of those. Anytime you can, go and see them. Um, they are Texas's only plus-size troupe. She is here to drink the noise and bring the ruckus. Please give it up for Nikki Devon. Okay, disclaimer for the people in the front. My titties have a mind of their own. So, you're my wrangler. If my zipper comes down, just do this. Okay. Since the theme of the month, of this month's show is the rapture, and because I'm going through a bit of a transition in my life right now, I figured this would be the perfect time to explain why it's God's fault that I'm not good at going down on women. Before you judge me, hear me out. First, the definition and a little backstory. Rapture, verb, the transition of a believer from earth to heaven during the second coming of Christ. A little known fact about me is that I went to church three times a week until I was 30 years old. Yeah, yeah, sinner. Uh, lots of sin. I started singing at church at the age of five. By the time I was 15, I was choir director of a small church in Georgetown. By the time I was 21, I was directing that choir and other community choirs. Basically, a bitch spent a lot of time at church. There's a saying that there are two things that black people do not play about. Our mamas and church. That was somebody black that was like, church, it's church. True words have never been spoken. We lived and breathed church. If there was anyone that I was more afraid of than my mom, it was God. And that fear was instilled in me pretty young. And I think it's partially because of the rapture. Now, there are about 20 instances in the Bible that mention the rapture, but the one that most black Southern Baptist preachers like is Revelations 3 and 3. 
Remember, get your church hats on. Remember, (laughs) therefore what you have received and heard, hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come for you. Now, for you other sinners, essentially, God was telling us, you don't know when I'm coming, what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be, but I'm coming for that ass. Like a, like a thief in the night, I'm coming for that ass. You've been warned, bitch, so get your shit together and act like you got some fucking sense. So only, I, not only did I have to worry about my mom finding out my dirt, I had what I thought was this all-knowing, judgmental white man in the sky just watching everything that I did. So to say that my early years were driven by fear would be a fucking understatement. Now, keeping that in mind, as well as the very real and fucked up um, things that most churches teach us about homosexuality, bisexuality, and really any sexuality that is not man and woman to make babies, it is... No surprise that the first time I had sex with a woman, I was very convinced that I was going to hell. Thank you. I thought I was going. Yes, thank you. Yes. Go to hell. Yes. It wouldn't be until the age of 30 when my sister came out that I started trying to deprogram myself. And that was really just out of sheer big sister protectiveness, right? So let me tell you, though. Deprogramming myself took a long time and a lot of fucking work. (laughs) Now, if you've ever heard me speak, you know a little bit about my track record with women. I've been pleasured by many women. However, I've only managed to attempt to pleasure a few women. And each attempt has ended in the saddest, most pathetic, (laughs) but funniest of ways. I I can't tell you how many times I've been in bed with a beautiful woman and think... Bitch, you going to hell. (laughs) Or, I wonder how many times I can keep asking God for forgiveness for putting my face in a woman's pussy. (laughs) This is the last time, I promise. (laughs) Or, my personal favorites were the times that I actively prayed to Jesus while going down on a woman. It's, it's funny because it's true. And these conversations were always like, hey, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, what's up? So um, I'm, having, I'm really struggling with this whole bisexuality thing. I mean, technically, I'm not even sure that your dad exists. But if he does, I don't want him to be fucking pissed at me. Me liking pussy, too, has to be a small sin in the grand scheme, right? I would just really appreciate a sign or, you know, some sort of indication that I'm not going to hell. If it exists, no offense. And then I come back to reality and realize I'd been awkwardly poking my tongue around or blowing raspberries in some poor woman's vagina. Yeah, that's, I'm glad that you find that funny. My point is, (laughs) my point is, You can't perfect your skills worrying about the judgment of white men in the sky. So, (laughs) truth. So, 
every attempt I made was mediocre, partially because of an experience and partially because of Jesus or his dad, whatever. Until recently. Second definition, rapture. The feeling of intense pleasure or joy, ecstasy, bliss, delight. At the last bedpost show, I noticed a tiny powerhouse of a woman with intense eyes staring at me while I looked through confessions to read. And after the show was over, she approached me and asked me flat out, would you like to have sex sometime? And because I have short-term memory problems, and because she was so fucking sexy and confident, I responded, sure, that sounds awesome. Forgetting that the last time my simple ass was with a woman, I cried in her vagina. Some of you remember, there was crying and slapping. Anyway, I own my faults. (laughs) We exchanged numbers that night. But I didn't hear from her for weeks. And just as I was relaxing and thanking goodness I hadn't stumbled upon another opportunity to embarrass myself, she hit me up and let me know she was going to be at this event that I was speaking at. My panic was immediate. She showed up, and she was as sexy as I remembered, and of course, sitting in the front row. The entire time I was speaking, this woman looked at me like I was her next meal. I walked off that stage with wet panties, a flushed face, and the realization that once again, I was in over my head. After the event, we met up at a drag show, and she seemed way less interested than before. I had started to look for my exit when she asked if I wanted to go out to the patio. And when I said yes, she grabbed my hand and led me through the crowd. Now this sounds like a small thing, but for me, it's huge. The basic ass niggas that I deal with don't do that. The only time anyone other than my niece grabs my hand to lead me somewhere, they're leading my drunk ass out of a bar. So she both caught me off guard and turned me on. Now, once outside, she made it very clear that one, she was interested, and two, she wanted to make good on her offer. The rest of the night was kind of a blur. She was funny and sexy and intense and like just the right amount of crazy like not boil your pet rabbit crazy but that like throw shit at you and threaten to run over you with a car kind of crazy you know like the sexy crazy yeah I see some of y'all acting like you don't know what that is but you know what that is and we didn't just talk about bullshit We talked about privilege and politics and race. She was passionate and unapologetic. Plus, she almost got into a fight with a man while schooling his ass on white privilege. Yeah. So I was hooked, and all she'd really done at this point was kiss me. We played cat and mouse for a while until one night while chilling in her house, after a few kisses, she casually asked me if I was going to take my clothes off or if she was going to take my clothes off. For the first time in my adult life, there was no hesitation when I undressed. And that's never happened to me. Even at my most confident, there's a split second when it's time to undress where I hesitate and I think about whatever bullshit I've decided I don't like about my body this week, but not this time. And I have to say, there's something very disarming, but 
incredibly empowering about being in bed with someone that is very, very clear that they want you. There is no room for self-doubt or self-consciousness. It's true. Now, once my clothes were off, all pretense was gone. This woman fucked like a wild animal. Like, with intention and passion and complete abandon. She touched me like I belonged to her. Like there was no part of my body that she didn't have access to. Her fingers moved around my pussy like they'd been there before. And when she went down on me, I kept having to bring her face back up to me so I could check, make sure she only had one tongue. Cause the shit that she was doing felt like there was more than one tongue down there. Yeah, yeah, some of y'all have been there. The few times she spoke, she said beautiful, filthy things. And she would occasionally look up at me to enjoy her handiwork. She was like some sort of fucking pussy magician, you know? Like, she knew exactly what she was doing. I, on the other hand, was losing my goddamn mind. I was fucking unhinged. I genuinely had no idea what the hell was happening to me. My body was doing things it's never done. I was making sounds I never made. Maybe speaking in tongues, if you will. She was, she was unlocking some sort of pussy stargate that I wasn't sure was there. Yeah. I came... I came a second time, not even realizing I'd come the first time. She was, she was everywhere all at once, and she wasn't letting up in the slightest. And then, a completely irrational and unexpected fear kicked in, and I just tapped the fuck out. I needed a minute. There was this voice in my head that was like, bitch, no. This is some motherfucking sorcery. You need a minute to collect yourself. So, as she, was, as she was about to dive back in, I stopped her. And it's true, it was sorcery. I'm just telling you what I felt. So as she was about to dive back in, I stopped her. The look of disappointment was quick. I could tell this wasn't the first time she had fucked somebody into confusion. Yeah. And I felt bad for like half a second. Then I was like, nope, fuck it. I'm done. I'm tapping out. Now, later, as she snored softly next to me, all I could do was stare at the ceiling and try to figure out how the fuck I'd gotten there and how the fuck I was going to get away. I didn't have skills like that. I couldn't possibly make her feel the way she had just made me feel. God had ruined that. We discussed it before. So... Yeah, all God's fault. So I made up my mind that I absolutely would not see her again. The next morning, she walked me to my car, but she was different. She was softer, she was sweet, and she was charming, almost chivalrous. And before I got in my car to leave, she backed me against my car, kissed me, smiled, and changed my mind completely. And we agreed to see each other in a few days. Now, we had dinner a couple nights 
afterwards, and we found ourselves back in her bedroom. And this time, instead of asking me to undress, she took her clothes off before I could put my purse down. <laughs> she stood in front of me, looking at me like a meal again. And I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Now, okay, I don't want to sound sleazy, maybe a little sleazy, but her body is perfection. It's gorgeous. It's soft and curvy and strong. I was compelled to touch her. I wanted to see every inch of her, but she was not having that shit. She pushed me down on the bed about to start her pussy magic again. But I decided it was time for me to try. Now, okay, side note, my finger game ain't bad. I'll give myself that. My fingers are long, they're nimble. They're not too thick, but they're thick enough. They're wide enough to cup while my thumb does what it wants. I have the hands of a woman that's done just enough hard labor in her life for them to be strong, but not coarse or blistered. Also, I like to keep them painted so they're pretty and functional. What I'm saying is, I have no problem getting things started, but I knew once it was time for me to move past that, I was gonna have to make sure I did two things. Pay attention to her and not think about or talk to Jesus. Now, when I got down there to get started, I found myself face to face with the prettiest pussy I'd ever seen, ever. I had to touch her and without thinking, I just dove in. And anytime doubt would creep in, I would just open my eyes and look at how fucking sexy she was and dive back in. Now, I wish I could say that she came the way I did, thrashing and screaming and speaking in tongues and fighting the urge to pass out, but she didn't. <laughs> She had an orgasm, which, let's be honest, for me is a victory. But it wasn't with the force I wanted. So we had a little more fun, and then we settled into bed. And while we were drifting off, she said the words that I'd kind of been dreading, but I knew would inevitably come. Mm, that was nice. You definitely fucked like a straight girl, though. My little feelings were crushed. I didn't know why, but I was genuinely offended. And an hour later, she was sound asleep, and I was still awake, stooling over what she said. I wanted to wake her ass up and demand an explanation. But I knew exactly what she meant, and I decided right then that I was going to fix it. Now, the next day, I called up a girlfriend of mine that I've been flirting with for a while and asked her outright if she'd be interested in a strictly sexual relationship with me. I knew she wasn't interested in anything serious, and she had asked me several times if she could take a crack at me. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, lesbians like confused girls. So, um, <laughs> take a crack at me. I explained to her that I needed to practice my head game and asked if she was willing to give me brutally honest feedback. <laughs> the more you learn, the more you learn. Now, of course, she agreed. <laughs> and for the next few weeks, she took on the role of teaching me everything she thought I should know about pleasing a woman. And she was not kidding when she said that she was going to give me honest feedback. There were times where I'd be really into it, going through our lesson plans, you know. <laughs> you know, and then I'd deviate like, okay, 
A, B, C. And I get a tap on the head like, no. No, baby, that's not it. That's not it. So I'd start over. Okay, the tongue goes uh, through the tunnel, uh, around the bend, through the tunnel, around the bend. And I get another tap on my head again. Uh, honey, honey, what are you doing down there? To which I had to honestly respond, I don't know. Why? Because I wasn't paying attention to her. What she told me several times was my biggest issue. I didn't pay attention. Now, looking back on those few weeks with my teacher friend, I didn't just enjoy myself. I genuinely learned some shit, not just about myself and my conversation with other bodies, but how to be present and stop overthinking and pay attention to my partner in the moment, which are things I honestly kind of thought I know, but turns out it wasn't God's fault that I was fucking up in the bedroom. Now, I still hang out with the beautiful tiny powerhouse, and we've actually grown to be really good friends. And we're keeping the sex and the romance casual, which is good. But if and when I get the opportunity to worship her again, two things are for sure. I will not be fucking like a straight girl. And it'll be me and her transitioning to heaven completely in rapture. Thanks. John the Revelator, tell me who's that riding. John the Revelator, tell me who's that riding. Please give a guy for John Nikki Devon, everybody. That is our show. Bedpist Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our confession scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpost Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpost Confessions, the anthology found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpost Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I once truly slipped, and it went into her asshole. (laughs) At high velocity. And she reflex kicked me in the chin and sent me flying. And then it just says, fair. Definitely fair. I confess, after 10 years of thinking I didn't like the taste of pussy, I got divorced and my two current partners are delicious. I confess, my greatest joy in life is giving head, heart, smiley face. That's so sweet. Confess, I came to this bedpost confessions with a remote vibrator in my undies. Yeah. For my date to push. At any 
present moment. I just want to say, whoever your date is, if you think I'm as cute as I think I am, give me the remote. 